Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. In Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, we find the following words. When you enter the land... The Lord your God has given to you. Do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engage in witchcraft or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritist who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. And that text is a reminder to all of us as Christians that God loves us so much that he set boundaries for us. And those boundaries are still with us today in terms of what God desires for us to do. And what he desires for us not to do. Some things he wants us to stay away from. And in today's culture, uh, we've attempted, when I say we, there's a lot of people who profess to be Christians who are still practicing um, some things that are contradictory to the word of God. And some of these things uh, can become a weight on us to keep us from fulfilling what God wants us to fulfill. And so today I wanted us to talk about the new age movement. Uh, some of you are familiar with those, with that terminology, new age. And some of you are asking what is new age? What are you talking about? And so we have a special guest uh, who's going to help us to unpackage uh, the, this whole doctrine of the new age and uh, within a few minutes that we have and to help us get educated so we will not do things that the Lord has not approved of. We want to welcome Brother Stephen Bankart. Uh, Stephen, how are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Good, good, good. Stephen um, has written a book called The Second Coming of the New Age uh, with the subtitle The Hidden Dangers of Alternative Spirituality in Contemporary America and its churches. So, Stephen, tell us first, uh, what was the impetus for writing this book? Well, it was kind of, there was multiple reasons why I thought a book like this was necessary. Um, the first is just the sheer pervasiveness of the New Age movement, where you have 40% of Americans who say they meditate at least once a week. You have 36 million Americans practicing yoga to $10 billion industry. You know, the psychic services industry, multi-billion dollar industry. Crystal industry is a billion dollar industry. Um, you know, it's never been more pervasive in our culture than now. It's the number one threat to the church. 61% of Pew Research Study in 2018 found that 61% of professing Christians hold at least one of the four New Age beliefs they tested for, hmm. 62, and 62% of the American population at large. So as someone who came out of the New Age movement, I was able to see and really appreciate 
this is absolutely everywhere. It's everywhere. It's deceiving um, children, the upcoming generation. It's what's popular now among young, young people. It's what people are turning to, and it's so pervasive, but I also see a lack of material in the church. I've never heard it addressed from the pulpit, mm-hmm. yet you know, you have 27% of Americans who say, I'm spiritual but not religious, and only 3% say, I'm atheist, yet you hear atheism addressed all the time in the church and never New Age spirituality. And so what I wanted to do and what my co-author Josh Peck wanted to do was give a resource into the church's hands where they could be equipped and educated to know, you know, what are the answers to these mainstream pop culture deceptions? What does the Bible have to say about these things? What does history, science, and philosophy have to say about these things so that we can be prepared um, to give a defense for the reason for the hope that is in us? Thank you so much. And uh, as I was perusing the book, I was very edified and some things I knew, some things I didn't know. So thank you for the resource. Um, My second question is, what is the New Age movement? Yeah, the New Age movement is um, a mixing pot of pagan beliefs and practices. So it's really an umbrella term. Now, the word pagan refers to any type of spirituality that deviates from the type of spirituality taught in Scripture. But with the New Age movement, you don't have one set of pagan beliefs and practices. It's not just Hinduism. It's a mixing pot and a compilation of Hinduism, Buddhism, um, the Kabbalah, Gnosticism, the occult, etc. And so what you have is a mandala of pagan worldviews. It's the only religion that tries to bring all of these pagan practices and worldviews together and merge them. And that's what you have with New Age spirituality. Um, as we talked about before, it's extremely prevalent in some mainstream New Age beliefs. Some of the core staple beliefs would be things like reincarnation, things like pantheism, that the universe is God and God is the universe. Things like man is intrinsically divine. And um, this stuff is no, uh, you know, for a lot of people it may sound similar because this is what's being promoted right now by people like Oprah Winfrey, by people like Jim Carrey, by people like Ellen DeGeneres, by people like Russell Brand, um, some really, really influ- – even Marianne Williamson. Uh, presidential candidate for the 2020 election. She herself is one of the best-selling New Age teachers of all time. Right. This stuff's absolutely everywhere right now, and um, that's why it's important we're having this discussion today. For those that may not know your story, can you tell us why you're so uniquely qualified to speak on this subject? Yeah. Um, I had one of the largest New Age websites in the world, maybe second or third largest for a period of time. Um, And I was also a guest author, a leading guest author on the largest New Age website in the world. So I had a website called spiritscienceandmetaphysics.com where I was getting on average maybe 200,000 views per day, millions and millions of website views a month. And I was making $40,000 to $50,000 Canadian a month. Mm. And this was was my career. It was my full-time job. Um, I was in university studying to be a philosophy major. My website took off because of this massive Facebook page I'd created and this network of other Facebook pages. I released this website in January of 2014. And so I was a I was a writer. I thought about these things. I studied these things. People looked to me to be kind of kind of an expert, um, more so in being able to rationally ground New Age beliefs and scientific discoveries and in philosophy. And uh, this was my career. I had an ebook that I released that had 30,000 downloads on mindfulness. Um, this was my whole life. My whole life and passion was this until, long story short, reached a point of brokenness where um, I had to start being more self-honest with the person of Jesus. I was mm. suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, and I fell at his feet in a moment of absolute desperation, crying out to him 
repenting, saying, I'm done. I'm done playing games. I'm done pre- mm. uh, pretending that you're someone you're not. I want you as you really are. And that's when he revealed himself to me. I got born again right there, right then and there. Never wrote another New Age article again. Sold my 4,000-square-foot house and my car. And that was four years ago, uh, mm. in September. And so I can speak to it not just from a research point, but through an experiential point. You know, I've had the lucid dreams, the out-of-body experiences, the experimentation with psychedelics and meditation, and altered states. And so I can speak to this from a, a unique perspective. Can you also talk uh, a little about your background in terms of uh, your home and how you were raised? Yeah, I was raised a born, uh, in, a, in a Christian household, more Christian than most households. I mean, things like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter weren't even allowed in the house. Um, homeschooled under a Christian curriculum, went to Christian private school until the seventh grade, and um, you know grew up in a Messianic synagogue as well for about a year and a half. Then we were having Messianic uh, services at my family's house till about the eighth or ninth grade, and it was in the middle of high school. That's when I really got into um, different worldviews when the presence of evidence for aliens made me think that there's more than just six-day literal creationism, that there has to be some kind of explanation outside of scripture for UFO sightings, for abduction reports, for, you know, the evidence presented on the history channels, ancient aliens, ancient astronaut theory. That's what led me away from the biblical worldview. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's because I wasn't seeing answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing Christ- Christians address these, these questions. And if we're not addressing them as a church, someone else will. That's right. And these new age teachers, these new age teachers, they were the ones who were happy to step in and give me explanations to the evidence, to the phenomenon I was seeing that I'd never even heard was possible to exist in the church. And here you have all these teachers who are experts on it. I thought they had the only mm. answer in town. So that's what got me sucked in to the New Age movement. That was the rabbit trail, was the topic of aliens. And like I said, um, two Christian parents in the church my whole life, very Christian upbringing. Um, but even then, uh, the devil was able to lead me away from that with, with deception, with a lack of truth. So what would be your suggestion for those parents that are listening to us and even uh, youth pastors that may be listening to us? What can we do or what should we do at this point to make sure that we've done our due diligence in equipping our children um, to face this type of information when they encounter it? That's good. Um, the first thing I want to say as a, as a disclaimer is that no matter how much you do, it's not your fault if they depart from the faith. Um, that's between them and God. You're not morally culpable for that. I had two parents who raised me perfectly in the faith, mother praying for me the whole time. They never created any sour taste in my mouth toward the church, and I got led away because my own heart was hurting. Mm. I don't want Christians putting that pressure on themselves. The devil uses that to shame parents, and it's not biblically accurate. Uh, I would say, you know, Hosea talks about how God's people perish for a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge about God. So when we have other worldviews, we do want to equip ourselves with the understanding, a biblical understanding of what does God's Word say about these ideas, about these specific topics. And that's precisely why we wrote this book. I think it's a very good resource for people like parents, youth pastors to train themselves in, hey, you know, what does God's Word say about this? My kids are coming to me. They're talking about, well, Jesus was just a Buddhist. Or they're coming to me. They're talking about how God is just an energy in the universe. What, what verses can I give them? You know, mm. where can I turn in Scripture? And it's really important to know um, what God's Word says in its correct context. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, Satan came to him with twisted Scripture. 
That's what all these <laughs> New Age teachers do. Right. It's scripture, but it's in its incorrect context. So like right. Jesus said, if he knew the right verse to apply the right verse at the right time, the, the antidote is the Word of God in its correct, correct context. So if someone comes up to you as a parent and says, well, I believe I'm divine. I believe God's everything. I believe God's an, an energy in the universe. And you say, well, it does say this in Ezekiel. It says the Egyptians are man and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. Or it says this in Psalm 9. It says, put fear in them, O Lord, let the nations know they are but men. And did you know that in Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, and Acts 12, the only three people who claimed to be God were issued the death penalty by God himself? <laughs> That's right. Having, having proof texts like this in our back pocket, all we need to know really is what does the Bible say about God, about Jesus? about the afterlife, and about the nature of man. And that's really what we go into in the book. And if we have just a few of those in our back pocket, we, we equip our kids in a biblical understanding of, um, you know, the correct worldview. And in so doing, they know how to respond to these objections coming from uh, twisted scripture. Amen. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate those methodologies that you just shared with us. And this is also why it's so important to uh, train our youth in Christian apologetics so they may be able to stand more firmly. Um, for the next few minutes that we have, let's deal with some of the doctrines uh, to look out for in the New Age movement. You mentioned uh, earlier about uh, the encompassing theologies within the New Age movement like Buddhism, Hinduism, etc. But then also in your book, you talk about even though they embrace all of these religions, they reject Jesus. Why? I think it comes down to uh, Romans 1. And this is really helpful in, in understanding and remembering this and evangelizing to people, is that the ultimate reason people reject Jesus and why New Age teachers go out of their way to provide an alternative account of Christ, but they're quite happy to accept Buddha as he is or Krishna as he is, or Muhammad as he is, the reason they really twist the person of Jesus is because um, Jesus is a threat to the guilt that remains and exists in their conscience. Mm. And the Bible says that we suppress the truth about God in unrighteousness. We have a general revelation of, of God in the things that have been created, like it says in Romans 1, but we don't choose to acknowledge God. Right. Why? Because we love darkness and we hate the light. Jesus says, you know, this is the judgment has come into the world, and this is the judgment that people love the darkness rather than the light, because if they came to the light, it would be exposed that their deeds were done in darkness. And um, so having that understanding in our minds, knowing that the reason why Deepak Chopra or an Eckhart Tolle or a Marianne Williamson, the presidential candidate right now, who's quite popular running for the Democratic Party, the reason why they go out of their way to twist the person of Jesus is because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, for one. Because all of these false religions are demonic plots and schemes set up to keep people away from salvation in Christ. It's all, it's all the doctrines of devils. Every single false religion is demonic, demonically inspired. Mm. But also because man, on, an, on a personal level, in his flesh, he resists God. He suppressed the truth about God and unrighteousness. And so people are looking for a way to get close enough to Jesus where they feel safe. They feel like they're kind of in the truth without having to submit to his, bend the knee and submit to his lordship. And that's what the New Age movement does by giving them a false, skewed version of Christ hmm. who just so happens to look like them. Thank you so much for that thorough uh, explanation. Uh, my next question deals with uh, your thoughts in regards to uh, the personal God 
of Christianity versus the impersonal force of New Age. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so in the New Age movement, the, the dominant theology in the New Age movement is something called pantheism. The word pan uh, means all. Theism, mm-hmm. of course, comes from theos, which means God. So what it literally means is all is God, mm-hmm. and God is all. So God and the universe and all things in the universe are identical to one another. So anything around me right now, my phone in my hand, my phone is God. Why? Because it's made up of the being and substance of God. So the belief here is that God is an energy and a substance, an impersonal substance that the universe itself is made out of. Mm. Everything can ultimately be reduced down to a single building block, and that single building block is the being and substance of God itself. It's an impersonal force, um, and you know, philosophy, uh, they would call this monism. Mm. In the East, they would call this Brahman. In the New Age, it's called Brahman. It's also called the source field or life force energy. Um, but that is really the staple theology of the New Age. Even the universe is doing this, the universe is doing that. Um, and in Christianity, what we have is a personal God where God has free will, God has self awareness, God has, well, God's called a person by Jesus, um, God has an audible voice where he will speak to people. Um, God's a personal being. Um, philosophically speak, speaking, we would say God is a transcendent, disembodied mind. Right. So God exists outside of space and time, um, brought space and time into being out of nothing, and is therefore ontologically distinct from it, because the cause, the cause existed prior to the effect. God existed without the universe. There was a time when the universe didn't exist, but the That's cause right. did. Therefore, we know the cause must be transcendent, and, as it, and since the cause transcends the universe, it must necessarily be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, um, and powerful. And so we can learn a lot about the properties that God has by just a metaphysical deduction of what it would mean for something to cause the universe. But the New Age movement is completely ignorant of science that says the universe had an absolute beginning. It's completely ignorant of philosophy, and it just blindly asserts things that it hears from New Age teachers parroting the same rhetoric over and over that God is the universe, God is Brahman, God's an impersonal force, when science and philosophy tells us the exact opposite and, and the theology of Jesus um, I mean, how many times does Jesus have to refer to God as the Father, as he? Um, Jesus says this, right? The Pharisees come to Jesus, and they say, your testimony about yourself is not true. In the Old Testament law, you needed at least two witnesses in order for your testimony to be true. Jesus is like, I don't bear, I, it's not me who bears witness of myself. That's not my only testimony. My Father <laughs> also bears witness of me, right? So in order for the Father to bear witness and, and fulfill the Jewish law for two witnesses, he has to be a person. Um, the God of the Bible is personal, and we serve a loving, all-loving, all-good, personal God. And this is what the best arguments from natural theology actually tell us. But the New Age movement, once again, does not care about truth, does not care about philosophy or science, and it has this um, you know, under Eastern understanding of an impersonal force, that God is the substance of being, and therefore he's the substance of man. Thank you. Thank you for unpacking that for us. Uh, there may be those that are listening to us, uh, Stephen, and uh, even though we've been talking about all of the things that you've highlighted, they may be saying to themselves, why Why is this a big deal? Can you expound on that? Yeah, this is a big deal right now because, um, first of all, it's in our churches. You have things like Christian yoga. Mm. Um, you have things like... Christian versions of tarot cards, Christian versions 
of Ouija boards called angel boards. Um, you have it working into some doctrine that's being taught in the church. Um, we document this in chapter 10 of our book. So it's, a th- it's getting like 30, 40 years ago. People didn't even know what the New Age movement was. They would just be beginning to talk about how this is in our culture now. 30, 40 years later, now we're talking about how it's in our churches mm. because it's so pervasive in our culture that it's leaking into the church by osmosis. We went over at the beginning of the show some statistics demonstrating that this is one of the fastest growing, most pervasive worldviews um, in the West right now. And as such, there is no bigger threat to the church. There's nothing more appealing to teenagers. Um, actually, the biggest demographic is women and between the ages of 35 and 45. And, and what's really happening here is there's a lot of people who undergo uh, trauma, mm-hmm. undergo trauma, and they turn to the New Age as a way to self-empower themselves in their worldview. But also there's an occult power there. There's a supernatural power there. When people are dabbling in the occult and in the New Age, they're having real supernatural interaction. I've seen a demon uh, face-to-face in a lucid dream. Um, people see entities all the time. People have psychic power that demons give them. Acts 16.16 tells us that demons can inspire occult ability within people. Exodus 7 and Exodus 8, when the magicians of Egypt replicated the miracles of Moses and Aaron, quote, by their secret arts. There's a dark power there, and people are attracted to that. And that's another reason why we need to take this seriously, is because this isn't just a false um, worldview. It's a supernatural playing field, and it's a whole new spiritual arena. And it's the devil's arena. Mm-hmm. And when people enter into it, they enter into his playground, and he doesn't play by their rules, contrary to what the New Age will tell us. You know, Just use affirmations in your mind to protect yourself. Visualize a bubble of white light around yourself to protect yourself. Satan doesn't care about that stuff. So because it's so pervasive and because it's actually affecting church culture, because of what it's doing to really dominate our culture right now statistically, and because it's so demonically charged, demonically empowered. Um, it is a really urgent topic, and um, I, I think the time to talk about this and equip ourselves against this deception is now, because it's only getting worse, not better. Thank you. Now, if someone wanted to find out more from a Christian paradigm regarding the New Age movement and how to get some help uh, for themselves or someone else, uh, what is, how can they contact your, you or your organization? Yeah, it would be through email. So my email is Reasons for Jesus at gmail.com. That's R E A S O N S F O R Jesus at gmail.com. And I also do have um, a website, reasonsforjesus.com, and there is a, a section on there um, covering uh, New Age topics. There's a whole section that deals with just New Age. There's a lot of good resources on there as well that may already answer their questions. Stephen, thank you so much for being on Sound Reasoning. We appreciate you carving out time for us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Have a blessed day. Thank you. God bless. That was Brother Stephen Bankars. Uh, His book is The Second Coming of the New Age, The Hidden Dangers of Alternative Spirituality in Contemporary America and Its Churches. And as I read before from Deuteronomy 18, as well as even in Colossians, uh, God's will for us is to live in the light. God wants us to live abundantly And when we walk contradictory to his statues, we suffer. We distance ourselves from what he wants us to have. So we encourage all of you that are listening to continue doing for the truth what so many do for a lie.
Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with Apologist and Minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.